Attention architects and creative minds, get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul, uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. Entree Architect community, welcome to the backstage area of Context and Clarity. Every Thursday afternoon on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I and our live audiences that are joining us from all across the internet, we get to talk to a special guest to search for clarity around the things that matter most to you, the architect, no matter what your context is. You may be the employee of a firm that's dreaming of doing your own thing. Or you may have had your own firm for a year or 10 years or 20 years, and you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. Every week, we cover topics that fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture. And they're all the need-to-know topics for the success of entrepreneur architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles, and what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co-host Catherine McPhail and I had to break down this week's Context and Clarity live conversation. So thanks for joining us as we share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in the Context and Clarity live conversation to our own businesses. In this episode, we talked with Jesse Cole. This is actually an encore presentation of our original conversation with Jesse. Because as I record this, we're on a little context and clarity holiday break. If you missed the original episode, Jesse Cole is the owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team and Fans First Entertainment. And he's the author of Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. And now also Fans First, Change the Game, Break the Rules, and Create an Unforgettable Experience. Looking back, this was a conversation that I had really been looking forward to for a long time. 
because I had listened to Jesse in interviews on podcasts from Pat Flynn to Donald Miller and far beyond. He's been everywhere. Now the Savannah Bananas are on ESPN and Showtime, and they're being featured all over. They have a huge TikTok following, multi-million followers on TikTok as well. Jesse's enthusiasm is infectious, and his ability to look at something in a completely different way for most people is nothing short of awe-inspiring. I realize that all this talk about standing out can seem over the top, maybe especially to architects. I mean, Jesse really does wear a yellow tuxedo. He wore it for our conversation. You'll have to go over to the Entree Architect YouTube channel and watch the video just to check it out. But I hope, if nothing else, that what you take away from this conversation is that standing out isn't about a yellow tux at all. It's about being so authentically you that you can't help but be different from anyone else. As usual, Catherine McPhail joined me for the conversation with Jesse Cole. Catherine is my co-host, and she's an architect and podcaster in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. In addition to Context and Clarity, Catherine hosts Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven, and she's the CEO of Demios Architects. Since this is an encore presentation, it won't include our takeaways afterward. So if you're interested in those, check out episode 215, that's 215, for our original conversation. And in the meantime, enjoy this encore presentation and enjoy the holidays with the people that mean the most to you. Jesse Cole, welcome to Context and Clarity Live. Thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to be with you guys. And actually, the green M&Ms are okay because, you know, I'm not quite ripe. So I think it works. It works. We'll go with that today. <laughs> I'm a dad now, so I can throw out dad jokes. So hopefully that works. Yeah, it worked. Absolutely. Dad jokes are completely appropriate for uh, for this setting and for this crowd. Um, so I love that. They're the not quite ripe banana. But they're not banana flavored, are they? No. Green or yellow. Okay. No, but they don't have any flavor, actually. They're different colors. That's my They're obvious. M&M flavor. That. Yeah, they don't okay. make any Okay, fair enough. So for those of you out there, you you know the title of Jesse's book now, Find Your Yellow Tux. You can probably figure out why uh, the title is what it is. Um, I think maybe the question I want to ask is, Jesse, are you having fun? <laughs> I'm fortunate now that I am doing something with the Savannah Bananas that I get to have fun every single day. But six years ago, when I got the phone call that we'd overdrafted our account and we were completely out of money, um, that wasn't as fun. So I'm glad things have really turned for the better over the last six years. Yeah, that that, that is a nice turn. I, I imagine our conversation today will be a lot about fun and a lot of be, be a lot about thinking differently. But I think we we also have to be real in this conversation that business is not always fun, right? It's it can be a drag and, and things like that. But I love the way that you approach everything, uh, starting with with a yellow tuxedo and thinking differently and all of those all of those things. But I guess just walk us through it. Why a yellow tuxedo? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't start in a yellow tuxedo 15 years ago when I started the industry as a GM uh, of a baseball team, one of the worst performing teams in the country with $268 in the bank account. I was not wearing a yellow tuxedo, um, but because I realized that we had to do things differently. I read every book on P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney here in my office. I got 
custom posters of all them. I actually have a PT Barnum signature. I got baseball cards. They have inspired me so much to think differently. And we believe so much with what we do. Whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And that normal gets normal results. Normal is actually a four letter word in our organization, because, you know, when we when we got when we were being normal back six years ago, you know, we were broke. We were almost out of business. We'd only sold two tickets. And so we run from normal. And I don't think anyone today gets excited about normal. So we've built, built that into our DNA and how we've created fans first experience. And, you know, I've had a lot of success, fortunately. I love everything about this. But I also know that many in our audience, uh, the majority of our architect, are the majority of our audience right now are probably architects. Uh, although when we we simulcast this out, as we say across five channels today, we may have others that are not architects, but they're probably in some sort of professional or creative services, and they may have trouble relating to this idea. Okay, here's a guy. He's an entertainer. He's wearing a yellow tuxedo. He he promotes and and owns a baseball team. How do we apply this in a quote unquote professional setting. Does that make sense? hundred <laughs> percent. And, and I get that question asked a lot and I'm, I'm used to it at this point. I mean, I, I've been fortunate. I never imagined, you know, six, seven, 10 years ago that I'd be speaking in front of billion dollar companies and thousands of people. And then none of them are in the entertainment business. I don't speak in front of any sports teams, entertainment business. I only speak in front of other groups. And I think the greatest leaders, greatest organizations learn from outside the industry. So, uh, you know, how, how, how does it fit? And yes, the yellow tux obviously is over the top. It's crazy. It's different. It's wild. It fits me. It's, it's who I am. I've amplified it. I think all of us have something that makes us stand out. It's what makes us different. And this is my uniform. When I put it on, it's showtime. And I want to give our entire team permission to have fun. If the owner is wearing this and throwing out Dolce & Banana underwear, you know, literally in the crowd during games, then it gives our teams permission to have fun. And that's why, you know, we have the Banana Nana senior citizen dance team that dances to Justin Timberlake and our break dancing coaches and our Mananas, our dad bod cheerleading squad and our Princess Potassia and Split and you name it, we have it performing our games. But how does it all fit to you guys? And I think the name of the game is this draws attention first, but the name of the game for us is creating fans. And the name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. Our mission is fans first, entertain always. Every decision we make, we ask ourselves, is it fans first? I believe the future of business is not based on how many clients you have, not based on how many customers you have. It's based on how many fans you have. It's everything. So, you know, in my new upcoming book, Fans First, I share the five E's to create raving fans. And I think that fits with any organization as I've seen it work with numerous other organizations. But it's how we're a little small team out of Savannah, Georgia, and now from only selling two tickets, have sold out every single game. Our wait list just passed 13,000 for tickets. And now we're taking the show all over the world. And I've been told by my team every day we sold out Daytona uh, Monday morning. We sold out Montgomery Tuesday. We sold out Columbus. We're about to sell out West Palm. And I never imagined we'd be selling out these cities with 10,000 people. But it's because we created fans. We didn't chase customers. And so I can go into any of those five E's or anything, but that's really been the framework is how do you create fans? Have conversations with your team that way, not how do we bring in more revenue, more sales, more customers? How do you create fans? It's a different conversation and it gets different results. So what does it mean in a, in a business context, you know, outside of the ballpark or, or Hollywood or you know, any sort of entertainment industry? What does it mean to have a fan or have fans? Sure. And, and, I, and I would challenge, I think every business is in the entertainment business. And here's why. Um, I, I wasn't smart enough to understand what entertain meant until I looked it up. And the definition of entertain is to provide enjoyment, to provide amusement. Aren't we all in the business of providing enjoyment for the people we work with? 
And so I think everyone has this, this stigma of like entertainment, you're, you're in a yellow tux, you dance. Like what it means to us, the second E to creating raving fans is entertain always. And basically to map the moments for your customer, to map the journey on treating them like you're a host at a dinner party and your customer clients coming into your house. How do you entertain them? Do you offer to take their jacket? Do you offer them a drink? Do you offer them hors d'oeuvres? You know, how do you make them feel comfortable through the whole process? How, when your customer, when your friends leave at the end of the night, they want to come back for more and they're telling their spouse, oh, that was so much fun hanging out with them. They often don't say, oh, Jesse, he was the most professional person. You tell me this. How many times do people come home and say, honey, I met the most professional person today. And that is what holds people back, especially in fields like you guys. It's like, we have to be professional. I get it. I understand it. But people don't get excited as much about professional as they do as unique, memorable, different. And that's what we're always aiming for. You know, I, I think that is an important point for our audience as well. Um, there, so you this this isn't your world. So this you may not know this. This may surprise you. It may not. But the vast majority of firms out there say that a huge percentage, almost always, Easily above 60%. Uh, I've heard as high as 97%. Uh, but 97% of their work comes from repeat clients and referrals. And what you were talking about, I think, is really the key to um, to, to that formula. Does, does, does that make sense? 100%. You know, 74% of people say the key influencer in all buying decisions is word of mouth marketing. 92% of people trust uh, advice or suggestion from a friend or family member over any advertising. And the companies, the people, the corporations that generate an emotional connection with their customers get three times the word of mouth marketing than anyone else. So those are real stats. And, and it's what we've learned. It's, it's how we build everything. Right now, we spend zero dollars on marketing. When we first started, we spent stupid money on marketing and failed miserably. Now we invest everything on the experience. It's why, for instance, today, I spent an hour calling fans and thanking them for buying tickets. And our entire staff did it. So we've sold 10,000 tickets this week. It is completely unscalable. It makes no sense. But we have 30 full-time people and we call. I get a list every morning and I call them and thank them. And if they don't answer, I put my phone right here in front of me and I say, hey, this is Jesse, the owner of the Savannah Bananas. I just want to call you and thank you so much for getting tickets to come see us in West Palm Beach. We're going to put on a show for you. Thank you so much. We can't wait to see you. And we'll be going bananas with you on April 1st. And then I, and I send it, a text message from the owner. Everyone has my cell phone. I have a suggestion there, Jesse. How about you just do that to all of them? You don't uh, try to call them at all. You just text them all for that date. I mean, I know that wouldn't be as, it might go faster. But okay, that's that's my only idea I'm going to give you. No, it, it's, it's, it's a good idea. I think when, a lot of times it's amazing we get to connect with our people. I think so many people, so when, I, when someone answers the phone, they're like, oh my God, you're actually calling me? And, uh, you know, my kids were watching the game. You know, we're driving all the way from Chicago to come to your game. And then I'll put a note in our system. This family's driving from Chicago. They got three kids. And then maybe what we do is we wow them. If there's a little girl in the family, we'll have a player deliver a rose in the middle of the game to the little girl. And wow. those notes we keep track of. It's called listen carefully, respond creatively. So we teach our team to do that to create. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, definitely don't just text them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually, I, I kind of thinking about how am I going to get down to Savannah? But now that I know there's a waiting list, I was saying earlier that we should do Ecclestock down and um, go to a game and go to Savannah. That's where we should meet this time. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of questions on Architect and how and I, I can definitely kind of dive into that if you'd like me to. Yeah, because uh, we, we were wondering if you had hired one, if they need to be fun. Did you how did you interview them? Did you sure. want them to be professional, no nonsense? Or, or were you hoping they'd be entertaining or uh, make your life enjoyable? 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, I think entertaining is different. So yes, have we hired? So what should an architect do differently and have we hired? So yes, we've worked with an architect. We're designing banana land at our ballpark with zip lines across the field and treehouse Airbnbs and trains that go around the stadium and bananas breweries and speakeasies and you name it, the Disney World of ballparks. And yes, we went in the interview process and we, we particular, now again, that's us. We wanted to see someone that could think you know, really imagine, have a good imagination. Um, we were looking for someone that as we had, after they had the first call, it wasn't just, here's our prices. We wanted to see someone that also send, hey, here's some articles. Provide value without wanting anything in return. I think that's the best way to get business. Everyone reaches out to us, will you buy promo items? We buy promo items for us. Send me some designs of unique things of bananas before asking for the business. Send me a free sample. I know it's crazy, but like, you know, that's how you build relationships is you do things without wanting anything return. So the architect that we work with, they sent articles, they sent ideas. They, we weren't being billed every single minute at that point. And of course, if you're playing the long game, you're okay with short-term investment from an architect to win in the long game. And I think a lot of companies aren't willing to do that. Like, no, we can't do that. We're paid 15 minutes. Or we're paid by every 15-minute increment. You know, the starting point for innovation and creating raving fans, the first E of my five E's to create raving fans in the bananas is eliminate friction. And we had to do it. Baseball games, too long, too slow, too boring. You get nickel and dime. We eliminated all our tickets are all inclusive. You know, we have nonstop entertainment. We don't even let, we don't even have an ads in our ballpark because we don't want fans to be advertised to when they come to our ballpark. That was a crazy business decision to make right before COVID. But it, it starts, it starts with eliminating friction. I mean, you mentioned earlier today, you bought merchandise from us. You didn't pay any shipping. You didn't no, pay any I know. I thought this is so easy. I don't pay any shipping on this soda, which essentially I'm buying soda from you, but I thought it's free. I'll, I'll free shipping. I'll buy free it. Ship. And, it's, and then also wait till you get the package. It's not going to be your normal package. I, know, we I can't wait. I can't wait. It, it, it's a $12 cost before you buy anything. Before even the soda's in, not only the free shipping, but we have a custom yellow box, delivered a fresh stamp. We have yellow tissue paper, a free koozie, a free decal, and then you will get a thank you call tomorrow when when it's being shipped off to you. So I'm wow. sorry I'm giving it all away. Yeah, but, but, but I'm excited. But that's that's kind of the process. So from an architect standpoint, when you're trying to get business, you're trying to create fans. How can you give without wanting a return? How can you share some of the things that it's different? You know, I think every architect, every business, they want to be a little bit er, a little bit better, a little bit faster, maybe a little bit cheaper, maybe a little bit more expensive. It's er, er, er. We ask, how, what, what makes you different? How can you be the only? And if you go to your About Us page and you look at every architect's About Us page, I bet most of them are pretty similar. We did that too. When we first started as a baseball team, we had this grand vision. We're like, hey, we're a baseball team. This is entertainment, you know? But then I said, guys, let's put on our page everything that makes us different. And so we wrote down everything from we play games and kilts. We have the senior citizen dance team. We have grandma coaches. We have crazy player entrances where players introduce themselves, coming up to bat. We, we have players that play in stilts. We mentioned everything that makes us different. Because then all of a sudden you start creating fans because they're like, wow, these guys aren't like everyone else. So maybe on your about us page, you can start thinking, what are the things that you're doing different? And then people want to buy from you as opposed to you having to sell people on what you do, which is often similar to a lot of marketing. I love the way you're turning it around there. You've, you've talked about two of the, the E's so far. So uh, can, we go th can we just go through the five E's at this point? Sure, sure. So, so again, the first step, uh, the first E is eliminate friction. And Walt Disney did this better than anyone else, and so do we. Um, he used to go undercover. He had a, an apartment on the fire station at Disneyland. And he would go undercover walking the park every day. He would get in line with the guests. He would go on rides. And he, and he said this. He said, whenever I go on a ride, I'm always asking what's wrong with this thing and how can it be improved? So we took this straight out of Walt's book. Every night, 
One of our staff members goes undercover. We park with the fans. We walk with the walk in with the fans. We sit with the fans. We eat with the fans. And at the end of the night, when we talk not only about fans' first moments that we created, we also talk about what were all the friction points. So first, I challenge you, if you were to go through your experience right now, you fill out a contact form on your website, you call, you get the voicemail. What happens? Is your voicemail like everyone else? Please listen closely as our menu options have changed. Is your whole <laughs> music like everyone else? We changed everything. Our voicemail is Savannah, na, na, na. You've reached the Savannah, bananas, na, na, na. Please leave your message. Even our hold music is ring, 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 banana phone. And every two weeks, someone calls us and asks us to be put on hold. It's the weirdest thing in the world. (laughs) But, you know, go through your experience. How easy is it to do business with you? If you call, how quickly do you get a call back? Is it just a regular email back? Or do you actually hear from a person? We're so used to texting and emails. I, I I know it's different, but standing out now is actually talking to a human. It's actually sending a handwritten letter. It's sending a video. That's a different way you can look at going the opposite of friction. Sorry, I went a lot into that one because I think there's a lot of um, parts that an architect could go into. Entertain always. Map the experience. So that first impression. When someone buys from us, you 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 got a video. You bought merchandise and we send videos. And when you buy tickets, we get a whole video saying, like, we're celebrating. We're literally celebrating. Um, When you buy from us, like a big group outing, you you get an invoice. And it says, <laughs> congrats, today is your day. Today is the day you get to pay. You may think you've had days like this, the day you bought your first house, your first all-inclusive vacation, or the day you brought your first car, but nothing is quite like bananas payday. So pull out your check, credit card, rare coins, Bitcoin, and pay th- and make that payment like we know you can. This is your moment. Now seize it. Love, Jesse Cole. That's our invoice. Because, you know, we think an invoice is a friction point. And a pay- every pay point is a pain point. How do you make your terms and conditions, your contracts, your invoices, how do you make them a little bit different than everyone else and don't follow the same form? That's a way to create a fan because fans aren't, customers aren't expected to to love you on the invoices, their terms and conditions or your contracts. Maybe that's a way to make it a little different. Say, oh my God. I mean, people share our invoices, which is bizarre. Um, so, So anyways, that's part of the entertain always as well. Eliminate a friction point. First impression, all the way to the last impression. After they do business with you, do you have a plan a week after, three weeks after, a month, six months? Instead of you know sending a birthday card, can you send a six-month birthday card, which we do? Um, different ways to stand out after the fact. Sorry, I'm going in deep. Last three, uh, experiment constantly. Um, Jeff Bezos said, our success is a direct function of how many experiments we do per year, per month, per week, per day. My question for you is how many experiments, how many new things are you doing? Not just with your architect and drawings, but how many new experiments are you doing on your customer experience journey? People need new as a way of life. So we're constantly trying. That's why we invented banana ball, the rules behind me, a two hour time game where fans can catch a foul ball for an out. That's what we're playing around the country. That was because we're experimenting to create a better experience. And the last two quickly, engage deeply. Do for one what you wish you could do for many, said by Andy Stanley. And this is what I said earlier, listen carefully, respond creatively. We pay attention. If what our fans say they're having a baby, we will mail them a onesie for their baby, a bananas onesie. When we found out people were getting engaged and coming to our ballpark, we searched the whole ballpark to find them. And as soon as we found them, we delivered them roses and had a huge announcement in front of the whole crowd for them. It's part, we teach that into our team to listen carefully, respond creatively, create those experiences. As an architect, you know what matters to your clients as well as anybody. They're trying to build this. They're trying to do this. Like, you know what they love. So how do you maybe find a moment there to give them something or create something magical? And then the final E is a power action. And that is how you empower your team. And my dad, when I was a kid playing baseball, my dad said, just swing hard in case you hit it. And uh, 
great advice. Uh, and I used to swing hard all the time. I swung and miss a lot, but I was empowered to come up and come to bat and swing. And I think the key is you as the leader, you as the owner, you as the president, you have to empower your team to try new things and be okay with things not going well. The Amazon Fire Phone was a $200 million loss for Amazon. However, the technology helped build Alexa and the Amazon Echo. 100% worth it. You learn by doing. And so what we do is we empower our team to say, what can you do to create these fans first moments every night? What's something new that we can do at our games to create a fans first moment? So that is as fast as I could go through the five E's, but hopefully some of those apply. That was very good. That was just the speed I like people to speak. <laughs> Catherine wants everybody to speak at two times normal speed. I think a lot of that, if not all of that, is is applicable in the arena of architecture. One thing I want to ask is you talk about in your in your current book, in your first book, about uh, considering what business you're really in, mm. right? And, and you realized you weren't in, in the business of baseball, quote unquote. Um, you know, a lot of architects are listening right now going, oh, wait a minute. What is he talking about? What business are we in? We're in the business of architecture. What do you mean when you say uh, figure out what business you're really in? Thanks. And that's a tough question. You know, it, it took me a while to realize it when I realized that, hey, we were in the baseball business, but we're, we're never going to be the best of the baseball business. And people aren't coming to our games for baseball. And if you really ask that question, why do people choose to work with you? And then answer it, then ask again, why? Ask why three times. And then you're going to realize that it's something much more powerful, much deeper than just getting something built. It's what that will provide. And it's why that matters to that person, that family, that business. And if you realize that, you understand that, then you can speak to them in a different language that will um, create fans because they'll, they'll, you're not just talking to them, hey, I'm going to build this, I'm going to put this here, I'm going to do this, I'm going to create this. And I think that's, that's what's happened with our architect that's creating our ballpark. They understand the language of what we're trying to do with our fans and they speak that with their designs. They speak that in the process and it's uh, made a huge impact. What's the relationship between uh, or what's the necessary relationship between a business and a fan. The reason I'm asking that is it, it I, I have, uh, I've been studying this, uh, I'm going to call it a marketing tool called it, called a challenge. There's a guy named Pedro Adeo that, uh, that, uh, talks about these challenges. I've run several of them. I think it's a great tool, but one of the things that Pedro says all the time is, you know, when you're, when you're running this, you have to figure out who you love, right? You have to, you have to decide who it is that you love. And he, he uses that language. It seems really weird. But then when I think about it, right, when you're talking about the experience, when you're talking about creating fans and all of these things, I think, you know, do we, do we have to love, put that in quotes, I guess, do we have to love the people that we serve in order to do what you're talking about? <laughs> I think it's important to put your uh, flag in the ground on who you are and what you stand for to attract the people you'll love. I think that's very important. We know who we are not for. And we're, and I say it, I mean, I we literally, when we uh, have people apply for jobs, I'll put, I'll do an, uh, a post to say, do not apply for this job. That's the headline. And I give every reason on why you should not work for us to try to deter the people that aren't a good fit. And so we do that with everything. We're very clear on who we, we are not for baseball traditionalists. If you want a regular baseball game, do not come to our games. And when they rip us apart for all the shenanigans and the craziness, we share those reviews because it's actually saying more of who we are for. So when you talk about love, 
it's a word that is so tough for people to talk about in business. They struggle with it. It's a soft word. It's like fun. You know, love, oh, you should have fun. Oh yeah, you got to love your people. Like, you know, it wasn't until our fans first director, one of the people that started when we were 22 years old. And, you know, we were, we were literally our, the phone lines were cut. The internet lines were cut. The former team took everything out. We were working on a picnic table. She stayed with, she started with us 22. Now she's been with six years. She's our fans first director. She came to me and said, Jesse, I'd like to do the love languages with our team. And I said, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. We did the love languages with our team. It was one of the biggest game changers, knowing why everyone on our team, what love language they speak. And it was huge for our team. About 90% were words of affirmation. And so instead of saying gifts, I make sure I go out to people. I put my arm on their shoulder and say, I'm proud of you for what you did today. And they'll go home. One, our director of operations said, when I told them that after a concert, he said that was the best moment of his year. And so I think if, if you need to love your customers or your clients here more than you love your product, but you need to love your team members even more than you love your customers. How can your, how can your team deliver a great experience if they don't want a great experience is looking like? If you say, let's give a first class experience, has your team members flown first class? Have you given them a first class experience? So like this week, we're flying our, our world tour director out to the waste management uh, golf tournament. He's a huge golf fan, 16th hole. It's costing thousands of dollars. It's worth it. We sent Marie, our fans first director to Ireland. We sent one, our vice president to go to game one of the world series with his dad. All those moments show what matters. And it's like their quality time. They want to have quality time with their family. And so those are the things that matter. So I think love is so important. And I think it needs to be talked about more in business. I love that. And, and you know, you just wrapped up in inside the Entree Architect Academy, which is the paid version of Entree Architect, the expert training session. The first week of every month, there's an expert uh, training session, and it was about firm culture um, this week. And I, I think, you know, that could easily have been the presentation right there, right? <laughs> you know, what you're talking about can't exist without there being a culture of this, right? 100%. I mean, it could, yeah, you have to create a culture of fans first. And we try to, if we want our, our people to deliver fans first moments, we got to deliver them to them. And so that's where my wife, 1% of our top line goes solely into surprise and delights for our people. So we've, we've turned our, our, turned our office into a spa with massage therapists and pedicures and manicures. Uh, we took our whole team uh, out to the outlets with $500 to shop. I mean, we've, we've, during COVID, we went grocery shopping for all of them and dropped it off at their doors. So 1% of our budget goes to that. And so, uh, and she has complete reign to do whatever she wants, which is pretty cool. That is, that's very cool. One question that came up on Clubhouse this morning that uh, I, I thought it was, this is, this is kind of reverting back to where we were at an earlier point in the conversation, but it was about the yellow tux, right? And it's about being different. The title of your of your first book is Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful Standing Out. Is the yellow tux the conversation or is the yellow tux the conversation starter? And, you know, there's some nuance to that, but I think it's a really great question. I, I, I've never been asked that question about the yellow tux. I usually get asked, how many do you own? Seven. You know, do you really wear it all the time? Yes. Did you really propose to your wife in front of a sold out crowd in the yellow tux? Yes. I usually get those questions, but um, it, it's a great point. I never thought too deep into it, but I'll tell you this. I believe you can't get the hearts of your customers, your clients, your fans until you first get their eyes and their ears. And so attention beats marketing 1000% of the time. We have, we spend $0 on marketing, but we spend everything on the experience and attention. Um, this is a conversation starter. It gets people, a lot of people misunderstand it. And Bezos said this too, you need to be willing to be misunderstood. And, um, you know, if you're not getting criticized, you're playing it too safe. And I've been criticized for this. Oh, you're just all about yourself. No, I want to open up the conversation about why we need to have more fun and not take ourselves too seriously and be okay with standing out. It doesn't mean I'm all in myself. It means I'm all in what we're doing. I believe so much 
in what we do. And at the end of the night, when I see all of our fans and our players and our characters arms around each other singing Stand By Me an hour after the game's finished, I love that so much that I want to spread it and scream it on top of the mountaintops. And if this helps get a conversation and identify, oh, it's a crazy guy in the yellow tuxedo. I don't care if they know my name. If they know what I'm about and I want fun and bring people together and I bring energy and bring the fun, 1000%. I'll start that conversation every day. And you mentioned yesterday that, you know, the yellow tuxes you would amp and, and, and these things that you're talking about amplify your personality. So what you're talking about in terms of standing out, whether it's a yellow tux or, you know, some other part of the experience or whatever, you're, I don't think you're talking about something that is manufactured or contrived or inauthentic or, or, you know, whatever descriptor you want to use. That's not what you're talking about, is it? hundred percent. I mean, this is, this is, this is me. I mean, if anybody knows me, you know, they don't know when I'm wearing it, when I'm not wearing it. it's the same person. And, and right now with you guys or whether I'm, you know, with my friends, I, I still try to bring this energy because that's, that's what I love. I love, I get fired up about what I get to do every day. And so, yeah, I mean, I remember a few people, some people have come to our games wearing it and it seems a little forced to like, <laughs> like wear a banana costume, you know, do all your things, but yeah, it doesn't seem as real. I, I mean, obviously it's I'm flattered, but I think find your own, it's, it's not, you know, wear a yellow tux, it's find your yellow tux. What's the one thing that makes you stand out? How do you amplify it? And it, we, it's often hidden behind what we're afraid of what people will think. And testing something, trying new something, or we're, we're, we have a, we're, we're afraid of it. We have fear of it. And you know what? The people that talk and say something, they're probably not going to be your fans or anyways, and they probably don't matter. I've been criticized a ton, but I've built a tribe of people who fortunately love what we do, and, and I speak to them. I love that. And everybody in this community gets sick and tired of hearing me talk about their ideal clients, but that's, that's what you're talking about, right? You, you said earlier, we know who we're not for. And that's, that's the, that's the flip side, right? That's the antithesis of who is your ideal client. You know, who's not your ideal client. I have this process where we go, go through and we, we do, you know, both, both perspective, you know, who have been your best clients and who have not been your best clients and why. And, you know, you're, you're right there. You're driving right into that uh, much, much in a much better, more eloquent way than I can. So I appreciate those. We've got a, another few minutes left here. Uh, Catherine, do we have any questions from the audience? I, I, I want to keep talking, right? I want to keep asking questions, but I also want to open up time for uh, questions from the audience if we have some. There was one question from Sarah Lee who says, what if, what if you are shy and you don't want to stand out? I guess as an architect, because she's an architect. So what if... What if you're shy and you don't want to stand out? Standing out doesn't mean being over the top like I am. You can stand out by writing thank you notes. You can stand out by caring differently. You can stand out by listening carefully, responding creatively. In 2016, I started the thank you experiment. And I, I told myself I was going to write one thank you letter a day for the year. I bought 400 custom yellow <laughs> thank you letters. And I started writing to teachers, former teachers, coaches, entrepreneurs, authors, anyone who's in, in, in inspired me. It changed my life. Today, I've written thousands. I continue to write every day. And, um, you know, that can be for someone that doesn't want to stand out. They're going to get that letter. They're going to send it. And people save those letters. I've seen our team, our staff that I wrote four years ago, they still have them up on their wall. And so I think there's ways to find out, you know, who, who are you? You know, when you're at your best, I always ask this question, you know, they said, Jesse, how do you have so much energy? Well, I do what gives me energy. 
It's very simple. So I used, to, I used to have zero energy when I was doing operations at the ballpark and doing finances and sponsorship and all that stuff. Now I, I create, I share, and I grow. And so I create new ideas, promotions. I share, I get on podcasts. I talk about what we're doing. I can do keynotes and I grow and I listen and I learn from people like Walt Disney and P.T. Barnum. And so I audit my day. If I'm doing that 90% of the day, I come home to so much energy to my kids and my wife and that fires me up. So look at what gives you energy and then do an audit, energy audit of your schedule. You know, that's the bonus E that everybody needs in their life is that energy. And so that's, that's how, uh, if you're shy, then find out what is that you love and, and put the gas on that, amplify that. And you actually will stand out just in a way you are more comfortable with. I hope everybody heard that. Pay attention and do what gives you energy. That, that could possibly be the mic drop moment right there. Okay. Very importantly, Christian wants to know what color are your pajamas? That's a little personal, but we just, yeah, I guess that's, we want to know. I, I keep it simple. I, I vary. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but as far as banana pajamas, 100%. We're actually working on getting banana rompers for the guys to play in. The pet oh, game awesome. rompers. So uh, we might do a shirts and skins game with bananas painted on their chest. But banana pajamas is definitely in the mix for maybe a midnight game in the future. So um, I don't know if you can copyright that, but I, I appreciate the, uh, <laughs> the idea. <laughs> well, I love that yeah. idea. Yep. That, that's a good one. I know. There's a question from Clubhouse this morning. John Jones asked, where, where do you find your aha moments? How do, you, how do you get to that point, right? You have all these moments and you, you're trying different things. Where do you find your aha moments? It's a muscle. I've been writing down 10 ideas every single day for four years now. And which if you add that up, that's about 4,000 terrible ideas that I've come up with. <laughs> and then a few good ones. All right, so there's a lot more than that. But the reality is, if you want to be in good shape, you work out every day. If you want to, if you want to, uh, you eat healthy and you eat healthy every day. For me, I work my idea muscle every day. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I don't look at news. I don't go on Facebook. I don't go on social media. I don't go on email. I start with ideas. Your input affects your output. So I get inspired by learning from outside the industry. I watch documentaries on people that are successful and, and doing things differently from WWE to, uh, to Disney to I watch all that stuff. And then I, ins I have an idea session every morning with myself and I share that with my team. I don't get my ideas at work. I get my ideas in the morning when I'm just uh, able to think and not distracted. If you want to have aha moments, you got to get away from the distractions and the dinging, 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 dinging that hit us every single day. So that's where they come from me. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Jesse, thank you very much for, for joining us. Like I said in the intro, Catherine and I have both been just busting, waiting, waiting for this conversation. And we thank you. Thanks for your book. I'm looking forward to the next book. Uh, we'll update everybody on that as, as the date gets closer. But thanks, thanks for this conversation and, and all of the inspiration that comes with it. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure being with you. A lot of fun and love how you guys are thinking differently and have the courage enough to invite a guy with a crazy yellow tuxedo to speak with you today. So thank you, guys. All right. Well, now you know what we thought and what we're going to do with what we learned. But what did you think? What did we miss? I really hope that there was some big takeaway from either the Context and Clarity Live conversation or our breakdown here that will help you with your business. DM me on Instagram or Twitter and let me know what your takeaways are. You can find me on all the socials at at Jeff underscore Eccles. That's at J-E-F-F -F underscore E-C-H-O-L-S. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, 
Subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast where you're listening right now and leave us an honest review and a rating. Those things really do help us to get the message out and help more architects just like you. Oh, and also, now you can follow us on Instagram, as well as get a heads up on everything that's coming up. There, we're at context underscore clarity. In our next episode, Catherine and I will host Context and Clarity Live again with a new special guest and a new theme for the week. And we'll come right back here, backstage again, to break it all down for you again. There's always something new to look forward to. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people like you that care about the built environment. And it's the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know that you're going to find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And finally, if the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you, and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations. And we take these topics, topics like this, and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community, your practice, and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? 
Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.